Raider Nation, what is the deal, man? Happy Friday to everybody. And you're back with another episode of the Sick Podcast with the Raiders Recap. Today, man, we got a very special guest in the building. Mike from the Six Steelers Podcast is here to talk about the Raiders and Steelers matchup. So we're going to preview that, right? A lot of good conversation coming. So without further ado, let's go ahead, get this intro started, and let's get the show cracking. Turn up your volume, because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast, Raiders Recap. Jacobs with running room right up the middle, Jacobs is on his way, the Raiders are going to win this game. The sickest Las Vegas Raiders podcast, it's going to be sick. What is the deal, everybody? Once again, it's another episode of the Sick Podcast with the Raiders Recap. Make sure you guys are tapping on the like and the subscribe button if you like all the content that we got dropping and everything that we're going to be updating on as the season goes on. But like I said, man, we got a very special guest in the building, man. Mike, what is the deal, man? How are you doing today, my man? I'm good, Josh. Thanks for having me, man. I love this Sick Podcast crossover that we do over here. We're fortunate when we have Obviously, somebody who does a Raiders podcast and a Steelers podcast, and we get to bring some knowledge on both of those squads. So, yeah, I look forward to joining you. You might lose some subscribers after I talk about a potential Steelers win. Uh, but, no, I'm just kidding. At the end of the day, it's it's all gravy. I'm excited to talk ball. Hey, man, it's always a blessing to be able to cross over like this. And at the same time, man, hey, you talk your talk because at the end of the day, Raider Nation <laughs> is going to come in full force. You know what I mean? As long as you're ready for that in the comments, that's all that matters. Let's go. Absolutely. Hey, of course. So, you know, the matchup Sunday night prime time for both of our teams. And honestly, at the end of the day, you know, I, I think both of our teams have had their struggles. Both have had kind of ugly wins. So what do you kind of make of your, your team's one and one start. Yeah, I mean, to put it bluntly, the Steelers have sucked so far. They're lucky yeah. to be one and one, honestly, when it's all said and done. Uh, you take the first game against the San Francisco 49ers, home opener. Everybody's excited after just an incredible preseason. And I think what we learned is to stop overreacting to a good preseason because you're playing against B and C level defenses left and right. So they come out and they get their butts whipped against, so I, I think, a team that I think, honestly, is going to win the Super Bowl in the 49ers. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so occasionally I'll give a pass for a week one thumping because you're still kind of getting your feet under you a little bit. The quarterback, Kenny Pickett, however, looked absolutely terrible, and so did the offense. So we expected a big bounce back in week two against the Cleveland Browns, and we didn't necessarily get that. Uh, the Steelers only won that game because their outside linebackers were incredibly opportunistic. They got two touchdowns from both T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith in that game. Um, if the ball doesn't fall their way, they don't win, plain and simple. And they're sitting here 0-2, and everybody's saying this is a must-win uh, for, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, so just to throw some, some stats at you, I was looking at them today and kind of shocked. The Steelers, through two games, uh, have given up the most rushing yards in the NFL. Wow. They've given up 400 yards per game in the first two games. And the defense wow. is getting all this praise right now because of how they won that game against Cleveland uh, while the offense is getting just absolutely crushed. But neither side of the ball has been very good so far, and they got to pick it up soon. Or before you know it, the season is going to get away from them, Josh. Right. And, and I, you know, all the sentiments you share about your team, I kind of share, you know, the same thing, you know, but 
it's kind of flipped for me. You know, we had two road games, so you go into Denver, you know, hostile environment. Went ugly, but at the end of the day, the offense was still a little, you know, suspect at times. The Raiders can't get their run game started worth a damn right now at all. And, you know, I think that's kind of the same problems you guys are having too. And, and you know, our, our run game just doesn't have any rhythm to it. Jimmy isn't seeing in the field well. And then we go into Buffalo week two and then basically get our ass whooped. Like, you know, same thing like you guys week one. So at the end of the day, um, I think it's two teams that's trying to find their footing now. Is there any reason why you think Najee in the run game hasn't gotten started the way that you guys, you know, would be – hoping that he got started? Yeah, it's interesting. And I have Josh Jacobs on my fantasy team, by the way, so I'm frustrated for what it's worth. I had him last year, too, and I was all about we it. Share, so. We share it together, man. It's <laughs> not been a good thing for yeah. the squad so far. Uh, so I think in game one, the Steelers did a, a really poor job of establishing the run early on. Uh, I think they finished the game with, like, seven rushing attempts total. Granted, they got their butts whooped as well, and anytime you're trailing in a game like that, you're going to be throwing it around the field. But they came out throwing the ball, and it obviously didn't work. So they should have started trying to establish the run, play a low-scoring game with the 49ers, a ball control game, and they didn't do that. So they got off to a terrible start. And in week two, they tried to do that against the Browns, and Najee right. was simply ineffective, man. He just doesn't look great right now for what it's worth. He, he looks like he's running. I was talking to somebody the other day. He looks like he's running with a 15-pound vest on at all times. Mm. Like, he's not very fast right now. You know, he's, he, he does have a lot of qualities that I really like in a running back. He'll run you over. He's got that hurdle that he always likes to do. I think he did it to the Raiders a couple years ago, yeah, actually, he did. in Pittsburgh, his rookie year. He he's, uh, he's got a nasty stiff arm. He's a powerful back. But right now, he's just not a game-breaker. He's not somebody that, you know, he's not a Bijan Robinson. He's not uh, Saquon Barkley when he's healthy. And the Steelers right. wanted that when they drafted him in the first round. You draft a running back in the first round, you want that. So uh, it's a combination right now of poor play calling, not great play from him overall. Jalen Warren, the, the backup running back who we sit down with weekly, is just better overall right now, to, to be quite frank, and he's going to mm -hmm. get more touches. You'll notice this Sunday how explosive he is when compared to a guy like Najee Harris when you watch that tape or watch that game, I should say. Um, so, I mean, for Kenny Pickett to be successful, it has to get better. I'm sure you would say the same thing about Jimmy G and your offense. Yeah. If Josh Jacobs isn't running the rock well, everything else goes into the toilet. Right. And, you know, I think the difference between the two right now, um, I, I do – me personally, I feel like the Raiders have just a little bit more playmakers on the outside – than the Steelers do. So it kind of frustrates me a little bit more with Jimmy G when he's not seeing the field because there are guys, like when you watch the all 22 tape of the Raiders, you see guys running free downfield, but it's just Jimmy keeping his eyes low, you know, not seeing the field. With Kenny, it, it, it feels a little bit like he's, I don't know, it just feels like he's a little rushed. And like you said, without the running game, then at the end of the day, you're, asked, you're asking him to do more. And I don't know if Kenny Pig is that type of quarterback, in my opinion. But like you said, Jalen Warren, that's a guy that kind of scares me. And I'm not even going to lie to you. This might be the game for y'all to get your running game started. Because I said last week, you know, number one key, do not let Buffalo run the ball. Buffalo isn't even known as a running team, but yet here you are letting James Cook get 100-plus yards and rush yardage. So that's what scares me about this matchup because although, you know, you guys haven't been running the ball well, we haven't been defending the run as of well lately either. So... You know, this might be the one, but as far as Kenny Pickett, right, what has been his struggles so far this year? Yeah, I mean, he's 
He's seen ghosts a little bit, man. I know we it's like Sam Darnold made that comment a couple years ago and he got killed for uh, it for a long time. But he just seems he's he's hesitant in the pocket. He's not going through his progressions well. He's is he's inaccurate. That's one thing that we always said about Kenny Pickett. He is he might not have the strongest arm and he might not be the fastest, but he's always been accurate. So these mm-hmm. first two games, he he hasn't been accurate. And listen, obviously, as a quarterback, like that's the most important thing you can literally do right, with the football right. as you're slinging it. It's so he hasn't been accurate. I think he's really – he's hearing footsteps. His offensive line isn't mm-hmm. good, to be quite frank. So when that's the case, you're always looking over your shoulder a little bit, right? Like, oh, right. my gosh, how much time do I have? How, how much time do I have to throw it? My left tackle is not protecting for me. My guards are getting bowled over, you know. So I think he's he's kind of overthinking right now instead of just going through the flow, taking a deep breath, going through his progressions. He doesn't have time, for one, but it's in the back of his head now that, like, he's never going to have time. So right. even when there's good protection, he's making poor decisions and making inaccurate throws because I think uh, he's just really, really, you know, in his head right now. And it, it's it's been really bad. Like, Kenny had a great preseason. He finished last season seven and two. The Steelers almost made a playoff run. Looked like he was really going to come together and and start to put together, you know, a, a season where he he enters that like top fifteen quarterback right. category. I don't think right. he's going to be elite, but he has a chance to be a, a, a solid quarterback. But these first two weeks have not been promising whatsoever. You made a great point. It's exactly what I was thinking about before I jumped on with you. This is a get right game for both teams in multiple units because. Yep. The Steelers' run defense has been awful. Josh Jacobs hasn't been great. Mm. Something's got to give, right? Something's got to give. Exactly. Exactly. Either the Raiders' offense is going to find itself or the Steelers' run defense is going to find itself in that matchup. The same thing with the Steelers' offense. Their defense got hammered last week by the Bills. Steelers' offense has been awful. Raiders' defense is either going to find out a lot about themselves or the Steelers' offense is going to find out a lot about themselves. So – so these units are going to get right. We'll just see how it how it plays out because it's a favorable matchup. It's weird to say it's a favorable matchup for the Steelers and a favorable matchup for the Raiders. It's yeah, the it's, it's even. You know what like, I mean? It's, it's even. So it's at weird. the end of the day, it's, it, that is, it is a weird type of game, and I feel like both teams are kind of at the same type of juncture. You know what I mean? Where it's like, okay, this is the game where you have to find yourself. You know what I mean? Like we've had the ugly win. We've had the ugly loss. Now, at this juncture right here, what type of team are you going to be? And I have this question to build on with the Kenny Pickett, and and this is probably going to help with the question as well. So I want to know, is it more of the the fact that the offensive line, is it giving him time, or is he really just not seeing the field with him making poor decisions? Because at the end of the day, if it's mostly contributed to the offensive line not giving him time, well, then that kind of scares me because at the end of the day, the Raiders – when you just say, okay, well, we're not going to let Max Crosby beat us, at the end of the day, the Raiders have shown that they cannot rush the passer without 98 being a factor, right? So at the end of the day, that has already scared me to the degree where I'm like, sometimes we make lesser-tier quarterbacks look better than what they are. So is it more of a offensive line problem, or is it more of a really, like, he's not seeing the field that well? Yeah, no Chandler Jones either, of course. Exactly. Uh, yeah. You know, which is it's a huge factor. You can't look past that with all that's going on with him. Listen, if if I had to pick, first of all, it's a combination. But if I had to pick what is contributing more, like if I had to do a pie chart and put like a bigger percentage, I would honestly say it's the offensive line. It's poor play. Mm-hmm. And but I would say that with the caveat that first week they went against Nick Bosa 
right. and Fred Warner and Javon Hargrave. Like, not many offensive lines hang stand exactly. with, uh, pat with those. And week two, who is it? Miles Garrett, Zadarius Smith. Like, so, once again, nobody's blocking Miles Garrett out there. So, this right. is like, like we just said. We're going to find out a lot about the Steelers' offensive line. If they're getting beat against your lack of confidence in these pass rushers, that tells you this offensive line yeah. is a big problem. If yeah. they're holding up well and Kenny Pickett's firing it around the field, firing it around the field, which is kind of what I'm expecting to happen, um, even if ultimately they they lose in a in a higher scoring game, right. then you know obviously we can we can make come to the conclusion that it's more of the offensive line. Right now, I would say based on everything I've seen, because he's he's you know tentative in the pocket. I'm thinking it's the offensive line, and he's probably thinking it is too, but. It's a combo platter still, man. He's he's been even when he's been protected and had time, he hasn't been great. So just a lot to to you know find out in this next game for sure. Yeah. What makes what what I'm confident in, I mean, if we're staying on the Raiders defense, I'm confident in the Raiders uh, you know, secondary. I, I kinda like our secondary and I do like the matchup of your guys' receivers with our secondary because we got some younger players in there. We got a mix of veterans too, but at the end of the day, just I like the matchups, you know. Now Pickens is a guy that I've always liked. I, I liked him coming out of Georgia. So when you guys got him, I was like, okay, yeah, he's gonna be real. Now that's a guy you have to watch out for. But who else along that wide receiver room is really gonna give problems if um Deontay Johnson doesn't play? And I don't know if he's gonna play or not. So you could probably give us some insight on that. He's not. He's gonna be out okay. for a couple more weeks. And I was ultimately okay. gonna ask you about Jacoby Myers too. And we'll get there. Um, in a minute, because I know he's an underrated oh, dude yeah, who we'll played really here. well yeah, in, we'll in week here. one. Um, you know what? I'm going to give you kind of a off-the-wall answer here, but for me, it's not even a receiver. It's tight end Pat Fryermuth, who Fryer is an absolute Muth. monster. Pat Fryermuth had more receptions in his first two seasons than any tight end in NFL history. Not a lot of people know that. Um, a lot of them weren't big plays. Sure, a lot of it was dink and dunk, but this guy had – you know, like 140 catches in his first two seasons, but he has not been utilized the first two games at all for whatever reason. You would think a quarterback that's struggling would want to go to his safety net over right. and over and over, especially because of how productive he's been. He had one catch last game for like two yards against the against the Browns. That's scary. The game plan doesn't make sense. Matt Canada, offensive coordinator, is getting killed left and right. So I, I say if – Raiders Nation is watching this, which I'm sure they are, and they're, like, thinking the same thing. They're like, hey, you know what? We got a double pickings, and we're not going to worry about anything. Well, you better have those safeties or whoever, you know, linebackers keyed in on our tight end, Pat Frymuth, because they're going to make it a focal point to get him the ball this game. He's a really good player, and he has not done well the first two weeks. So I'm sure they're sitting there in team meetings like, we got we to gotta get 10 targets for Pat. We got to get 10 targets for Pat. So I expect that to happen. And so that that's the guy, I think, at the end of the day, Raiders Nation, whether the Steelers win or lose once more, they're going to say, damn, that guy, he beat us up a little bit because he, he's a really good player. Now, that scares me, you saying that, because as a Raider fan, and I think everybody that's watching this and all Raider fans know, um, our Achilles heel, our kryptonite, has always been tight ends. Always really? been tight ends. We're like – if you are a true Raider fan, you know tight ends is the one thing that kills our defense continuously. And you got to, you know, it's we we continuously two times a year see the best tight end in the game. That's one, you know. And yep. last week, Dawson Knox, uh, Dalton Kincaid ended up having very good games. You know, um, it's just been a notorious rate throughout Raiders history. If you think about it, the Raiders have always had a problem with tight ends. Tony Gonzalez, 
Shannon Sharp, uh, uh, Antonio Gates. We continuously have had to deal with tight ends and not being able to cover tight ends. So you said Pat Fryer move is just already a light bulb in my head. Like, yeah, if they, if I know this, and probably the Steelers know this, then they're probably going to make Pat Fryer move a, a big, big target in this game. So that scares me, you saying that. Man, you just made me think of how – I never even thought about how damn good the AFC West tight ends have been. Oh, my God. Throughout the From years, Kelsey to Gonzalez to Gates, are you kidding it's me? Crazy. It's That's crazy. That's tight end city. Oh, my God. And if Shannon Sharp's it. a Hall of Famer, you're like, Sharp. okay, like every team in the AFC West has had a tight end – that's beating us. We even had our tight end for Darren, for a little bit, you know? So at the end of the day, it's like, you know, that's an AFC West thing. It's a staple. It really is. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's a crazy thing. I never thought about that. Right. That, that really is nuts. I love doing these crossover shows because you get to, like, learn the history of other teams. You know, you get to learn what other teams really think about, you know, when they're inside of their their, their own little bubble there. But For sure. We're still on, you know, still staying on the, the offense one more time. Last thing that we can talk about here. So you said Fryer Muth might be a guy to really, really look out for. No Deontay Johnson. So at the end of the day, what is something that that you might be really confident can get started against this Raiders defense? I'm not confident in the run. I'm really not. Um, mm. Just because of the way Najee Harris has looked. I think they'll, they'll you know, they're going to sprinkle it in more than they did against the Browns and 49ers. But ultimately... Uh, you know, uh, I just don't see it from Najee right now. From an offensive side, man, it's tough. From an offensive side, you're talking about the worst offense in the league the first right. two weeks. Right. There's not a lot that makes me confident. Uh, I, I would say another guy to watch maybe is Allen Robinson. He's Listen, he's oh, lost forgot, a handful of steps. Yeah, he's lost a handful of steps, but he's reliable. Like okay. at, this, at this day and age, he is a guy that you know – is going to be a leader out there. He's always going to run the right route. He's okay. going to, you know, he his connection with the quarterback Kenny Pickett is solid, even though they only played a couple of games together. He's just a, he, he's not somebody that's going to have ten catches for hundred yards and two touchdowns. That's never going to be him anymore. Right. But if you have an important third and seven, an important third and eight, Kenny's going to be looking at a guy like Allen Robinson a lot of times because he's not going to command your top corner. He's not going to right. get the attention that Pickens and Fryermuth will. So he he's a guy that. You know, if he if he makes a big impact, you'll remember us sitting down here on uh, on Friday and Saturday, whenever this airs, talking about um, Allen Robinson potentially being a, a game changer, not on the level of like electric plays and big plays, but on, but moving the chains and just being a real reliable target. Uh, that that's somebody I would watch, and you know, I'm just confident in his ability to to step to the plate in in important situations and not blink. Now. I will say, you know, I, I I would say for the Raiders defense that week two was kind of an outlier because week one we saw them go against Denver, and Denver's more of a running team. And, you know, Javante Davis only had, I want to say, I think he only had 40-some yards, 50 yards there. Now, I think last week was kind of an outlier for the Raiders because, you know, you're going against Josh Allen. So at the end of the day, James Cook isn't the first thing you think about when you're going against the Buffalo Bills. You got to account for that long passing game or however Buffalo's going to try to attack you with Josh Allen. So I think that's what how they were playing. Um, how I think they're going to play, y'all, and how I think the Raiders defensive coordinator and the defensive staff is going to say against the Steelers is pretty much the game plan y'all are going to have against us. We're going to stack the box, okay? Regardless if we haven't seen you guys run the ball well, we just know that Najee cannot be a focal point today because y'all will run the clock out on us. 
So at the end of the day, we're going to have to make Kenny Pickett beat us. And that's probably what I think the game plan is going to be going into that, and we'll see what he does. It's a good game plan because you can, you know, you're not going to, nobody's going to be happy with a loss. But at the end of the day, if you make the a quarterback who's played the worst in the league beat you, 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 you know, you kind of tip your cap. You, you yeah. tip your cap. You say, all right, we, you know, well, there's a lot of times where you have the right game plan and it just doesn't work out, right? Exactly. Like that, that, that happens. It's not like, you know, it's, it's not always we had the, the, you know, worst game plan. That's why we got beat up. There's things that you would probably do the exact same thing if you went into another game. There's outliers. I put it that way, right? Yep. Like there, yep. that, that could potentially happen. But I, I agree. You stick to what you're good at. You stick to what you know. You guys ran into a buzzsaw last weekend. Yeah. The, I the Bills were coming off that loss against the Jets. It was their home opener. That That's a buzzsaw. You ran into a motivated team at home in a crazy environment, going left to right in the country, west to east coast, never easy. I never thought you guys, you know, were going to win that yeah. game. But that could have been any team for me. That could have been, you know, anybody who was going to run into a buzzsaw after the Bills got handled by Zach Wilson and then gets comes to their home opener. They they couldn't have been more motivated. So um I don't look at I don't look at that like, you know, that final score. Like that's completely indicative of who the Raiders are. Right. And I was telling people, you know, I was even telling our own fans, like, you know, it's good we won week one, but understand, like temper down the expectations because yeah. we cannot expect Josh Allen to play that bad like he did again. Especially he going home. And then, you know, I even make the argument, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but even insert the Steelers in that position. It's probably the same outcome, probably, you know, the same type of thing that's going to happen. So at the end of the day, there's no shame in the game, you know, in losing to Buffalo at home. Buffalo's Buffalo. It's just probably the way we lost that has some people like, oh, the Raiders suck or the Raiders are this. I still think the Raiders are a good football team, but this is exactly leading into our next topic. The problem with the Raiders right now is that the offense isn't carrying their weight. And when you look at, all the money the Raiders have invested on this team, the majority of the money is on the offensive side. So to me, what does that tell me? That means you're paying your offense to basically lead the team to wins. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's what you're telling me when you have guys like Devontae, Jimmy G, Jacoby Myers, Josh Jenkins, like the off and Hunter Renfro. The, the offense is supposed to lead the team to wins. And what has happened these past couple weeks is the offense hasn't held their weight. You know, like so... That's what I'm excited to see what happens going against y'all defense because your defense is no joke. Do you think Jacoby's going to play? I, I haven't really paid attention. He's playing. Is he? He's playing. He was full go yesterday. Uh, full go. Yeah. Yep. Okay. That's important because he was out last game, obviously. And, and, you know, that's a big factor because I saw in week one, he put a really good stat line together. He's always been an underrated guy, honestly, yep. for my money. As long as he's not lateraling the, lateral the ball. That man, that's a tough word to say. Yeah. Lateraling. As long as he's not. <laughs> and it was uh, funny he came to us after that. But at the end of the day, you know, if you do show this to any of your Steelers fans, just know. I, and I've been saying this since the Raiders put pen to paper for Jacoby. This guy is going to eat. We're like, because we, everybody has to realize, you know, New England has been, you know, kind of down in the dumps. But he was a number one receiver for them for a number of years. And although yeah, we without have, a quarterback, really. Exactly. And although we don't regard him as like, oh, he's one of the top tier receivers, being a reliable, just number one in the NFL, period. Like that that right there is something that you could take to your bank. And now you're asking him to be a number two to arguably what I say is the best receiver in the game. At the end of the day, he's gonna get a lot of one-on-one opportunities that he's yeah. probably gonna win. So my question to you is, 
you know, where do you see your DBs kind of kind of flowing this game? How how do you see the DBs covering who this game? Yeah, so the secondary has been an issue too, not just the run defense. Uh, the secondary has uh, Levi Wallace. Uh, is is the number one corner right now because for whatever reason they they refuse to play Joey Porter Jr. They're they're you know uh, top of the second round pick kid from Penn State who I didn't know that uh, okay yeah who it it felt like a number one corner coming out so he's been he's been burnt like toast man Amari Cooper killed him last game oh, yeah. uh, in the first okay. game Brandon Ayuk oh my God he absolutely went off against Levi Wallace so if he's on Devonte Adams that's a big problem all game. So hopefully they they you know they double Devontae all game and then it will fall on Jacoby Myers. But um, honestly, because the Steelers' pass rush is so good, like for my money, there's nobody better than T.J. Watt yeah. on the defensive defensive ball yeah. in football. Uh, and then Highsmith is is going to be a household name soon because their pass rush is so good. Obviously, that helps the corners, right? If you're right. getting to the quarterback that quickly, can't throw the ball, plain and simple. So right. it it's helped the corners. I, so I think if, if we didn't have much of a pass rush, they'd be getting exposed left and right every game. But they're they're not. You know, they've been adequate, but they're not getting crushed. And I don't expect them to get crushed every game because the pass rush isn't going anywhere. It's still going to be ferocious. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this, you know, just if we're doing the scouting report on both teams, the Raiders' run offense has been trash. But their pass protection is damn near top five in the league. I like I, I have I haven't seen Jimmy get sniffed, and I mean both games. And Denver's ferocious, you know. Denver Denver got a little yeah. something to him, and so do the Bills. When you talk about pass rush, the Bills can rush the passer. You know, even without Von Miller, they can still rush the passer. And Jimmy's still not getting sniffed. The problem has been him not seeing the field. So I think if you're saying that, what should scare Pittsburgh a little bit is that the problem with the Raiders is Jimmy has not been identifying where he needs to go with the ball. If the light bulb clicks with the pass protection we've been getting, and you saying that about your secondary, it could be a long day. For sure. I've been reading about that. Uh, is his name Colton Miller? Oh, he's, yeah, he, uh, he's a, he's a new he's, he's been incredible. I've been I was reading about him a little bit before I came on with you and didn't really, uh, you know, he wasn't a household name over here on the East Coast, that's for sure. But he, he might be one after Sunday night, that's for sure. If he holds down T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith, Man, that's going to show a lot. And you want to talk about neutralizing literally the best position on the Steelers team. That's one of those other things where you're going to find out, you know, it's a get right game for, right. for you know, one of the sides. Or it's, uh, you know, it's it's not David versus Goliath. This is Goliath versus Goliath. You're talking right. Raiders O-line is nasty. Steelers uh, edge rushers are nasty. But once again, something's got to give, right? Something's got to give. And I do agree with you that I think T.J. Watt is – Right now, I mean, the best defensive player in the league to me, I think so. Um, but at the end of the day, when you know, the media don't like to give the Raiders a lot of credit sometimes, you know, because we're the Raiders. But at the end of the day, Colton Miller is, I'm not going to say he's a top five left tackle, but he's definitely top 10. He's definitely a top 10 left tackle in the NFL, creeping up to five. I say right now he's about seven, six, somewhere around there. He's getting up to there. Jermaine Illuminor on the other side has been a very nice find for the Raiders as well for that right tackle spot. You know, he's bounced around the league a lot, so nobody really gave him a lot of respect. But ever since he's got to the Raiders, he's stamped down that right side. So me personally, it, like you said, something's got to give because him against Highsmith, I'm kind of, you know, that's going to be a good battle over there because they're probably going to put Highsmith with Illuminor. And you know T.J. Watt will move around, but primarily – they, they would want him, the, the Raiders would want Colton Miller going against T.J. White. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, 
you know, it's, it's really going to be a great battle when it comes to the pass protection side of things. So if you guys aren't getting any pressure, it might be long because our playmakers on the outside are, are something to deal with. 100%. And, uh, you know, the Steel, Steeler Nation is jealous because our offensive line is not good. We haven't seen a good left tackle in about four years now. So we're, mm. we'll be watching this game with a bunch of jealousy, that's for sure, if you guys hold down T.J. Watt uh, and Alex Highsmith because it's foreign to us at, at this point. So, right. uh, you know, at the end of the day, you're right. That's probably the biggest key in this game. T.J. Watt has four sacks in two games. The guy's on pace for 32 sacks if he plays healthy. He's got a touchdown two force fumbles, two force fumble recoveries. Um, he's just been an absolutely dominant force. But if Colton Miller is able to hold up against him, then then I, I think, you know, you, you guys would win the game. Absolutely. It's a big matchup. Because I've seen, you know, just what he's doing right now. Just to me, there's certain players in the NFL, when you're talking about T.J. Watt, there's certain players in the NFL where you're like, okay, you know they're going to eat a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, you, you know they're going to do something. So with him – I think, you know, with Josh McDaniels, he's probably going to have some type of plan to neutralize or try to at least neutralize T.J. Watt. I think for y'all, the key this game is going to be Highsmith. If Highsmith can't get pressure um, on that one-on-one with Jermaine Illuminor or whoever they have over there, it's going to be a long day because the Raiders' plan is basically what they're saying, you know, what you guys are going to be saying for Max Crosby. You can't let him beat y'all. At the yeah. end of the day, you know what I mean? Like, regardless of whoever it is, if High Smith come in here and he got two, three sacks, hey, oh, well, you know what I mean? And that, that he just had a great game. But 90 cannot come in here and wreck shot. So that's where I'm saying. But as far as you guys' run defense, right, how do you feel about that? Because obviously you know our struggles in the run game. But if it's me as a coach, and I think Josh McDaniels is going to say that as well, something's got to give. we got to be able to run the ball with Josh Jacobs. So how do you feel about you guys' run defense? Well, first and foremost, Cam Hayward is hurt. He's got a hamstring. Oh, he's been out. He's been out. He's going to be out until big. week eight. He's on IR. That's so big. That's, that's, big. that's part of the reason the run game, the run defense has been lacking big time. Okay. So, once again, if there's ever a game for Jacobs, uh, Zamir White, who looks pretty good, the, the rookie, um, or is he maybe second year? Uh, he's he, second he looks year. good. He's second year. Second year. Cool. Second year yeah, sorry. Cool. Yeah, he's, he looks really good, too. So, um, this is this is the opportunity for Jacobs to, to get in a rhythm again for the run game to get going and inspire some confidence in, in that, um, you know, part of your offense. Because like I said, man, if, if Nick Chubb doesn't get hurt last week, which is unfortunate. Oh, he was going stupid last week. Him, yeah. Man, he might've had 250 yards rushing. He might've freaking broke the ruck, rushing. He was playing, he was playing very well before uh, the injury. Yeah. So prayers good. up to Nick Chubb as well. Prayers for, that's for sure. For sure. Unfortunate injury. But here's the thing. Their backup, Jerome Ford, comes in, and he still gets over 100 yards mm -hmm. against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Jerome okay. Ford you're talking about right now. So, right, listen, right. I mean, for what it's worth, 70 came on one run. But it all counts the same at the box score at the end of the day. He Correct. still had over 100 yards rushing against the Steelers' run defense. So, no Cam – so let me add this up. No Cam Hayward. Um, a guy like Jerome Ford goes for 100 over you in less than a, a full game. Uh, Nick Chubb would have put up, like, 250. Wow. The Steelers, you were talking about an identity, trying to find an identity for the Raiders. The Steelers' run defense for my whole life has been shut down. I've never seen a Steelers' run defense that it has not been great. This right. is through two exactly. games. They're getting gashed left and right. So they're, they're <laughs> once again, they're sitting there drawing on the chalkboard. Like this, is, this might be key number one to this game because 
we know Josh Jacobs is a good player. We saw him last year lead the NFL in rushing. Uh, he's going to get on track at some point. Let's be real. Like he's not going to go nine carries for negative two yards every single game, unless he's just taking his money and calling it a day um, and getting on to his life. But this is, this is a huge opportunity for both teams. Once again, who's going to, who's going to prove to get right. The Steelers run defense or Josh Jacobs and the Raiders run offense. Um, I, you know, for, for me, I, I honestly think it's a favorable matchup for you guys because our, our run defense has been really bad. Right. And with no Cam Hayward, see, see, yep. although I really, you know, I always fear TJ Watt, but even in the matchups previous, you know, last year, I mean, I, it feels like we played each other like four straight years already, but at it the really end does. of the day, yeah, at the end of the day, you know, every matchup, Colton Miller has been in that matchup and TJ Watt hasn't killed us most of the yep. times in those matchups. The person that has always gave us problems was Cam Hayward. And Cam, that's the guy I yeah. always fear. You know, it's like gives okay, a lot of people problems. You know, like problems. he stops our run game and we're notorious for having a run game. And when we play y'all, we all of a sudden don't. It's because of him as well. So I heard another person who was hurt. I don't know if he's going to be playing. You can let me know. Larry Ogunjobi. Is he going to be playing? I think so. Yeah. Okay. And he's a monster as well. Um, he, he's been banged up, honestly, since he became a Steeler. He's always feels like he's questionable. He was questionable last week going into the Browns game, and it was like a 50-50 type thing, and he played, and he played really okay. well. And so I don't think much has changed. It's not like he re-aggravated anything. I think he's just still on that injury report, injury report for what he was dealing with two weeks ago heading into right. the Browns game. Uh, I, would be, I would be absolutely shocked. With the injuries they sustained on the D-line with a guy like Cam Hayward, with the injuries in the back end, like I'm not sure about Minka Fitzpatrick yet. Um, then I think he, that's, that's huge. huge. Oh my gosh, it's absolutely huge. But I think I think at the end of the day, even if say Ogunjobi is like 50, percent they're going to put a 50 percent Ogunjobi out there because they they need help on the D line. Okay, and you know, getting into Minka Fitzpatrick because I was definitely you know I'm I'm trying to work each level of defense now. I was going to talk about the linebackers first. Do you guys still have Devin Bush? Is that still a guy that's there? Because I know, you know, for us, we're going to try to put you guys in uncomfortable situations, you know, and, and we're going to get into Minka in a little bit, but definitely try to take advantage of those linebackers you guys have there. So who are the linebackers there? You know, what's your confidence level in them? Thank goodness we don't have Devin Bush because I would have said a zero. <laughs> <laughs> they, they didn't. They didn't resign him after this year. He went to okay. Seattle, and I don't. Okay. I think he's been inactive for the first two games. But okay. um, I, I mean, it's not relevant. But I feel bad for Devin Bush. He was going to be a good player. He tore. Uh, yeah, ACL yeah. Coming out, I thought injury. he was cool coming out of Michigan. He I was like, been, yeah, he's going to be good. Some guys just don't recover from those. Like yeah. I, I'm thinking, like look at look at like a Cam Akers right now. He got he was looking like he was going to be a really good running back. Tore yes. up his knee a little bit. Javante uh, too from Denver. You mentioned he got he was going to be a beast, and he's he doesn't look the same. Anyway, our inside linebackers right now they're two unheralded guys. Like they're two guys that um, have chips on their shoulders that aren't going to be on the highlight reels. One of our guys is named Landon Roberts. Uh, mm-hmm. He came from the Dolphins this past year. The, the biggest, uh, or I should say, the, the real, uh, you know, important thing in regard to Landon Roberts is that he was a captain on the Dolphins' defense. So okay. he wasn't this big splash playmaker, but he was consistent. And, you know, he's going to make the tackle in the hole. He's not going to burst through like Fred Warner, right? Like you're not going right. to see that, that type of guy. But if there's a short tackler, it's him. And that's something we never had with Devin Bush. He was too inconsistent, missed tackles, couldn't cover tight ends. So he, he's one 
and they just want him to be okay, right? They're not asking him to be a superstar because they got Watt and Highsmith on the edge. Our other starting inside linebackers named Cole Holcomb. He came okay. over from the Commanders last year. Oh, he, I think I yeah, the, I know him. Yeah, another another guy like he's you know probably a league average guy, but that's okay because last year the inside linebackers were Devin Bush and Miles Jack, who's now retired as well. Right, like, right. And, and Miles right. was once again once again Miles was a beast, but something fell off. You know, he's not even playing in the league anymore. So the two exactly. Steelers starting inside linebackers are not playing on active rosters this season. That should tell you everything. Cole Holcomb also wore a C in Washington. He was a he was a captain for them, and he was just consistent. Not going to, you know, nobody's going to go out and buy a million Cole Holcomb jerseys. He's not a right. sexy player. <laughs> right, right. You know, like, you're not rocking a Holcomb on your back. But you, you almost don't want to notice these guys. They're like, uh, I'll compare them to like a uh, – a long snapper. You don't. You don't want to hear their name because if you hear their name, they're doing something poorly. You just want them to make a sure tackle, uh, wrap up, and you know, you know, don't miss tackles and and call the defense. Be the guy that wears a green dot. Be smart, and that's what they've got from them so far, uh, which is you know, which is better than last year. Yeah. Right. So I will say, you know, staying on linebackers, just going a little bit off topic, but the Raiders did secure. Uh, a linebacker from you guys in the free agency, Robert Spillane. Spillane, uh, how's yeah, he been? Hey, so far, you know, I can't, I'm not too mad at him. At first, I didn't know anything about him. And so I was like, okay, he's just, you know, I, we'll, we'll see. Because the Raiders have had a history of just having bad linebackers. But so far, he's grown on me. He's, he's grown Good. on me. He's very tough last kid. Last he's week, tough. he was, he had a bad game last week, though. Last week, yeah. it wasn't a good game, but everybody did have a good game. But at the end of the day, yeah, he brings that nastiness that we need. And definitely, definitely somebody that I'm going to have my eye on this game for sure. See how he plays against y'all. Yeah, I mean, I can tell you as a Steelers observer for a long time, we always liked Robert Spillane. He was a guy that would, would step up, and he, he honestly played ahead of Devin Bush most of last year. Interesting. Another guy, honestly, at the end of the day, who there was no Spillane jerseys in the Berg. People weren't walking around, you know, pumping up Spillane. But just a steady Eddie, steady, okay, like yeah. a steady guy. You don't get too high or too low. He'll hit you in the mouth. He'll, uh, you know, he's a smart guy. He's very passionate too. Loves the game. Good, good, uh, good dude overall. And uh, listen, people in black and gold doesn't matter. Um, you know, he's on the other side of the of the line of scrimmage, obviously on on Sunday. But I'll still root for the guy because he was he's a good guy and he was a good contributor for the Steelers. Yeah, that's good things to hear, man. He's definitely grown on me. He's definitely grown on a lot of people in Raider Nation, just as far as bringing that you know, nastiness and that physicality that we so desperately needed, you know, outside of Max Crosby. For sure. Yeah. So, and you just want to ask him to do his job. That's it. He, he can't be Superman. He's not. Right. But he'll do his job. He'll do his job. Right. So for me, you know, you talked about your inside linebackers. I know. I mean, you know, I, I, I would assume that they probably have the same problems that we do. And that's probably in the past coverage or are they strong in past coverage? Would you say what is their 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 strength? Yeah, they're not strong in pass coverage. They're strong in run support, which is kind of ironic because our run support hasn't been great. But I blame right, that right. on the defensive line, to be honest with you. Yeah, they're not they're not here to cover cover any tight ends or anything like that. That's why we have a couple hybrid uh, safeties over here. Keanu Neal is a guy that is kind of in that hybrid role. Like he'll come up and play in the box. And then um, Quan Alexander is another name. We signed him, uh, you know, before the season. He he's not. A starting inside linebacker, but he's somebody that they play all over the field. This is a, this is a guy that they'll often have, uh, you know, covering tight ends, playing okay. in the box. He's he blitz from time to time. He's a super athlete, but um, you know maybe he's not as uh, strong in run support as Holcomb and Roberts. But 
those are two guys to keep your name on, keep your eye on. It's kind of Swiss Army knives for the Steelers. You'll see Keanu Neal, Quan Alexander lined up all over the place. I know that you guys had a big drop off. You don't, you know, Darren Waller to a guy like Austin Hooper uh, at the end of the day is obviously, uh, you know, somebody who's going to make life easier on the Steelers. Is Michael Mayer playing at all? What's up with he, him? Okay, so th- I'm glad you said that because this is a game, too, that I think, you know, once again, it's another product of he's just Jimmy's not seeing him. You know, he's there. He's been there. You know, and right now we're seeing more of him as a run blocker than we are as a pass catcher. But I kind of anticipated that this year with a guy like Austin Hooper. Like, realistically, all the rookies that the Raiders drafted this year, the Raiders had the intention of having a veteran in front of them so the rookie doesn't have everything on top of their shoulders, right? The only rookie we're really relying on is our corner on the other side, Ja'Korian Bennett. He's over there, number zero. He's going to be a corner, which I think they'll put, y'all probably put George Pickens and try to match that up there because he's not super big. You know, I, I wouldn't think you guys want to have George Pickens on Marcus Peters just based off the size factor. You know, Marcus Peters is a little bigger corner. But, you know, Mayer's there. He just hasn't, you know, gotten the football. That's a lot of the people in the Raiders' offense. There's just so much talent there. The football hasn't gotten around to everybody, you know, and that's that's been the problem right there. But I expect as the year to go on, him to kind of find his stride a little bit, and maybe it's this game, but I do expect him to find his stride as, you know, the year continues. It'd be important because he's very talented, and at Notre Dame, he was a pass catcher first. That's what I'm saying. Second. So, That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I kind of expected it because, you know, you got Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, you know, even if you think of Hunter Renfro, there's like, okay, the ball can only go so many places, but just in the fact that he's just in this Josh McDaniels system, that so heavily uses tight ends, I was like, okay, yeah, he's going to eat immediately, you know? So I think this might be the game they try to open it up, especially if the middle of the field is there, you know, because I anticipate Minka shading wherever Devontae is this game. I I don't anticipate Devontae having no one-on-one coverage. Patrick Peterson, Joey Porter, whoever it is, I don't anticipate y'all doing that. So I do think that Minka's going to shade to that side, probably play in the box too to try to kill our run game. But, you know, at the end of the day, I, I, I think that uh, Minka is going to be a huge factor in this game. What about you? Yeah, I mean, we took away Devontae last year pretty well yep. in Pittsburgh on yep. Christmas Eve. So that's something that I, uh, you know, sticks out to me. They had a great game plan last year. Neither Derek Carr was not good in that game. Threw a no, couple terrible. really important picks. Uh, terrible. And, I, and, and, you know, you guys had a real chance to win that football game because the Steelers' offense, once again, didn't play great anyway. But you make a really good point about Devontae is that, you know, I, I trust because they did it last year. Listen, it's Devontae Adams. He's going to get his to a degree. Yeah. But you can't let him go for 10, 100, and a touchdown. And I know right. last year they didn't. Um, so I, I'm expecting – you know, the Steelers to, to give, like you said, their corners a lot of help uh, in regard to stopping him. If you let him beat you at the end of the day, probably won't come back from it because he's such a good player. He, he can beat you single-handedly. Um, so I, I kind of expect the same thing. Stop Devontae first and make guys like Jacoby, Hunter Renfro, Mayer, and Hooper beat you. Yeah, and, and I say this a lot about last year and because a lot of people, you know, we're – it's kind of a soft rivalry we have between the two teams here. Yeah. You know, you guys are not as much our generation. Like people right. that, like grew up in the seventies, they're like Raiders, Steelers. Here we go. My we're dad doesn't like car. y'all. You know, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, us here, we're like, okay, you know, you guys no. are kind of cool. I kind of you thank guys y'all. are the Chiefs, Chargers. Right. Like, we're, yes, you know, it's yes, not the Steelers. I yeah. kind of thank y'all a little bit for last year because 
you know, you pulled the wool over a lot of Raiders fans' eyes. See, I was I was one of the fans that I wasn't really enamored with Derek Carr. I loved him as a person, mm-hmm. but as a quarterback, I was like, it's, it's not it. You know what I mean? I, I think we can do better. Now, I don't think Jimmy G is better. I just think he's lateral. But at the end of the day, you guys showed a lot of the deficiencies we had last year that I think we plugged in this year. Like, like you said, last year, you guys took away Devontae Adams. There was no second option for us last year. Not even if Darren Waller was playing. He wasn't even 100%. And I have my thoughts on Darren Waller. But at the end of the day, you know, even with him, there was really no number two for us to go to last year. We kind of solved that problem with getting Jacoby Myers and a couple more speed guys. So I think we have just a little more talent than we had last year and last year's matchup. So I really think it's going to be a good test for us to see how much better we've gotten, you know, from year to year. For sure. I don't remember specifically if Waller played in that game. I I could not put my finger that's on it. That's the problem. But that's the, he did. That's the, right. that's the problem. That's, that's a problem. I got you. That, that, and, but that you make a really interesting point, and then that seems like that was a straw that broke the camel's back for Derek Carr um, because you guys were still kind of in it a little bit, same way the Steelers were. Like, you weren't dead, dead. You were playing better football at that time. You know, you, you had a chance to win, you know, maybe went out and, and push for that last playoff spot. Um, and that was that was a killer for sure, yep. and uh, that that's it's kind of wild thinking about going into this game if the Steelers lose to Jimmy G and and the uh, Raiders offense that maybe if they don't play so well against Derek Carr he's still the guy. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you, know you know that's it. But definitely, man, I, I really appreciate you coming on the show, man. Talking the Raiders, you know, Steelers matchup coming on Sunday night is going to be a great primetime matchup. So. I already know you're going to roll with your team, but what's your predictions for Sunday? You know, do you, I don't have to say sure. you got to do a score prediction, but, you know, what you rolling with? Yeah, and I'm a realistic observer. I will say that. Like, at the end of the day, I picked the Steelers to go 10-7 and seven this year. I'm still picking that. I haven't changed anything. I have not jumped off a ledge because, you know, they, they've been terrible. But I'm also not the guy over here, like, 15-2, and two, Super Bowl, right, here right, we go. Right, right. Um, I am, like you said, though, I'm picking them to win this game. Um, and it, I've, I've, I see this, it's really interesting, right? You usually have a team similar to Buffalo last week, right, that loses the game before, lights a fire up their butt, and uh, they go out more motivated than ever, right. you know, more focused in practice that week, paying attention to the tape a little bit more. It's very interesting because the Steelers beat the Browns, but it felt like a loss in Pittsburgh right. and, and in that team. Kenny Pickett this week was pissed talking to the media. He's like, he didn't want to answer questions. It feels like you're 0-2. Mike Tomlin and, and offensive coordinator Matt Canada are feeling the heat. They won on Monday against a good Brown, Browns team that beat the Bengals week one. It felt like a loss. So they're coming into this game like this is do or die. Right. You know? And not right. that it isn't for the Raiders to a degree. I don't, and also, I don't think if you fall to one and two, you're out of it by any means. No. I think what we talked about earlier, this is going to be a get-right game. I expect Kenny Pickett actually to have a better game because okay. he saw the 49ers week one. He saw the Browns week two. He get he gets obviously a defense that's a little lighter. I think anybody would yep. agree with that. I if agree. there is a get right game for Kenny Pickett to stand back there, gain some confidence, this is it. Now listen, the Steelers aren't blowing anybody out. That's for sure. Not with this offense that can't seem to score over twenty four points. So I see this being down to the wire, back and forth. I don't hate Jimmy G. That guy wins football games if he's playing. I can see the jo- I can see Josh Jacobs getting right, and Devontae Adams is going to be a problem no matter who he plays. I said it on our podcast uh, Thursday um, when we recorded with uh, our Steelers Sick podcast. I think I said 24-21 Steelers, something okay. like that. 
Um, and and we're gonna have a bet. I'm gonna send you one of these if the Steelers win. And if not, you gotta send me. You gotta send me a Raiders because I know you're taking Raiders Nation. No problem, man. No problem. And that that would be the bet right there. If whoever go. wins, gotta wear the memorabilia, and that that's cool with me. At the end of the day, I share most of the same. I mean, that's why I say this game is so similar for both of our teams in a lot of ways because the same reasons you pick the Steelers to win, I pick the Raiders to win. You get your for ass sure. whooped in Buffalo. You know what I mean. Now, it's your home opener. This is our first home game. How are you going to come here, you know, and, and really defend your home turf? Now, the problem I've had with a lot of Raiders teams in the past is you have the talent, and sometimes you look at teams that you know you're supposed to probably beat, and then you end up looking just as porous as you have throughout the rest of the season. Now, I think this is going to be a, a real tale for the Raiders team, like, how is Jimmy G going to make this team different attitude-wise? You know what I mean? Like, how are we going to come in here and, and really establish who we are as a team? I think the Raiders are going to do that. I think, you know, they're going to come out here and really try to implement different parts of their game plan they haven't really implemented before because the offense has been real vanilla up to this point, you know. And at the end of the day, I know that the Raiders' defense is kind of light. But if the offense does their job and, and really – keeps time of possession, I feel like we'll have a pretty good game against Kenny Pickett and you guys. So I, I kind of went I kind of went 28-21 Raiders. Won't surprise me. Nothing will surprise me, that's for sure. Only thing that would surprise me is if this is a blowout either way. Oh, for yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. I'd be like, okay, then one of the teams ain't who we thought they were at all you for know, sure. at, for sure. at that point. But once again, man, I definitely thank you for coming on. To the, to, the, to the show, man. Thank you for talking this football with me, man. We got to do this again if our teams play 100%. at any other point. You know, maybe the playoffs. Who knows? Playoffs. At that point, there you go. We Let's definitely got to come on here and do something. But everybody that's in here, make sure you guys like, subscribe, make, and, and shout out your, your podcast, your channel, so everybody who is a Steelers fan can go check you out as well. Yeah, we'll, we'll promote this on our channel too. I'll retweet it. You got right here, Sick Podcast, Steelers Crazy. We love the Sick Network. They do a great job. Shout out Sammy. Yellow and uh, Juliana back there. So we appreciate it. I appreciate you, Josh. It's been a good time, and we'll rock it again. Man, Looking forward course, to the game. Man. Of course, of course. Shout out to the team in the back, man. Shout out to everybody that's watching the video. Make sure you like and subscribe. Man, let's play that outro. We'll see y'all next time. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast Raiders Recap on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.